coming up next on the Digital Marketer Podcast. There's so many types, right? Like you could have fashion influencers, you could have gaming influencers, you could have fitness influencers, you can have parent like influencers, like mommy bloggers and stuff. Like, so there like are so many different verticals within the influencer space. This is Digital Marketer. Hey everyone, I'm Mark DeGrasse. How many times have you asked a caller how they heard about your business? With CallRail's call tracking platform, you'll know the answer before you even pick up the phone. And when you know which advertising campaigns are making your phone ring, you can measure their successes and optimize your marketing strategy. You'll get a clear picture of how well each of your marketing channels is working, so you can optimize your strategy for the best possible ROI. You'll also gain valuable insights that can help you improve customer service and turn more leads into lifelong customers. You select unique call tracking numbers to assign to each campaign or listing so you can compare the performance of one message or strategy to another. No matter which number they use, the call rings directly into your main business phone. Try CallRail free for 14 days at callrail.com slash digital marketer. This is callrail.com slash digital marketer. Hey guys, welcome to the Digital Marketer Podcast, where we talk about everything marketing and especially digital marketing, of course. I'm Mark DeGrasse, host of the podcast and president of Digital Marketer. Uh, today, I have Justin Klein, the founder of Markerly, and we're going to be talking about NFTs, metaverse, and kind of the applications of both of those things within the digital marketing sphere. So welcome, Justin. Hey, how you doing? Good, good, good day out here in Texas. Yes, yes. Glad to be in person for a change. Actually, this is the first interview we've done in the studio live, I want to say, especially wow. for the podcast. So super honor. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. So for the you know marketers, and we I, I mentioned this before that that you know old school marketers, people who have been doing it for 20, 30, 40 years, had to make a huge transition to digital, which probably wasn't super comfortable. And now we're telling everybody that you have to start being aware at least of the metaverse, NFTs, crypto, <laughs> like all these different things that didn't actually exist 10 years ago. But now they're going to have to at least understand it. So I was thinking with this episode, we kind of do the basics of each one and kind of talk about the applications and how it's going to impact digital marketing into the future. Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, it, we're definitely uh, reaching a new paradigm when it comes to marketing and economic topography. Yeah, it's, it's quite a, a fun world that we're a crazy world that we're living in. It is. Well, it, there's so many opportunities, especially for small business owners that, you know, don't have billions of dollars to spend can still make a huge impact, especially at the start of this new, you know, frontier. So for the listeners that don't know, how do you define uh, NFT or describe it to people? So, well, NFT stands for non-fungible token. Um, and what that basically means is that every single one is unique. And unlike other like cryptocurrencies where, you know, each unit of that crypto, right? Like you can trade it, you know, pretty seamlessly, like on an exchange, non-fungible tokens, they're all unique. And you can think of them as, uh, you know, just they are tokens that aren't necessarily directly, you know, transferable or exchangeable you know, into another asset, like, you know, your typical tokens. Mm -hmm. So in terms of marketing, because I, I actually specifically talked about marketing assets before we kind of get on, is that something that could be turned into an NFT? And would that provide value? So yeah, I mean, I, a lot of companies are starting to explore this, right. And there are many different applications as far as like, how you could use NFTs to market. 
you know, I think that right now the majority of like the trading that is happening in the NFT space is for digital collectibles. So a lot of brands are starting to cash in on that. You have fashion brands uh, like Nike and Adidas, like they're making metaverse assets that you can then like put on your avatar. Like you want to buy an Adidas jacket or like Nike shoes, but that's kind of like where they're starting. Mm. But NFTs can be used for like so many different things. Like they're starting to be used for like private clubs, mm -hmm. right? Like if you want to join the club, you have to buy the NFT. And there's so many different ways that NFTs can be used. You know, we're just still scratching the surface. Now, for people who are maybe familiar with copywriting, where it's, hey, you know, I have a, say, a logo, I, I copy, got a copyright for the logo, uh, for the imagery in the logo. Could you kind of equate that to having an NFT or is an NFT the modern version of having a copyright? Sure. So an NFT, you could, you know, associate rights to a logo, right? And, ha you know, into an NFT. Like you could have that be bundled into an NFT. It would have to be, you'd, you'd, you'd want to get lawyers to make sure that all of the language associated with the buying of the NFT, the terms associated with that NFT are aligned with that end, right? Mm -hmm. With that goal. But yes, and we're starting to see that where intellectual property is kind of just being bundled into an NFT in a way that's starting to happen where like you buy that art and you have the rights to use that art. If someone else uses it, you're entitled to those royalties. That's starting to happen. So do you think that it would add value? So, so we deal with a lot of agencies, a lot of you know marketing professionals that are doing this for their companies. Would that be something that they should propose if they're looking to, you know, one, add value to their position maybe, but then also add value long-term to the their companies or clients? Yeah, I think we're still in, in the super early days. So I think it depends on the type of brand. Like if you are positioning yourself as like on the bleeding edge of technology, like that kind of a brand, then I think it would make sense if, you know, your customers aren't going to get it. Or if, you know, if, if you're just not quite in that realm of like, you know, the cutting edge technology, like you're not positioned in that way, then it might not make as much sense. But I definitely think everyone should be getting more accustomed to, you know, to, to understanding like what NFTs are, how they can be used because it is the future. And I mean, I think that even like real estate, things like that will be eventually like on the blockchain, right? And you might be able to easily transfer these types of assets in a digital way. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. In terms of real estate, you have, you know, the, the title insurance, which involves a bunch of research into a bunch of documents that go back for you know, maybe a century in, in the case of some real estate, whereas a blockchain, it'd probably be pretty easy to look up who owns what if if you did it that way. Exactly. Yes. That's awesome. So you mentioned how it kind of relates to the metaverse. So let's mm -hmm. let's talk about the metaverse and kind of, you know, the marketing opportunities there, which are kind of super vast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So how would you describe the metaverse? So the metaverse is simply, you know, just a digital representation of the real world. Right. So like virtual reality gets placed in that bucket mm -hmm. a lot. I, I think that's probably the easiest way to explain what the metaverse is. But at the same time, I think uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be virtual reality in order to be considered metaverse. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that right now we're seeing gaming kind of take off in mm -hmm. this metaverse kind of category. But as this continues, I think we're going to see events become really big. Instead of going to that Taylor Swift concert in Houston, right, you could go into this metaverse and see her live, at, like as if you're in the front row seat. Awesome. And everyone from around the world could have access to that. 
right? Conferences too. Like you could have a global conference, right? With and 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 you could have you could be chatting with people from Japan, people from India, people from China, all in the same room at the same time, instead of having to travel to to a, a place in the world in in the physical world. That's awesome. Or stare at a Zoom for right. Or stare at Zoom. Yeah, <laughs> nobody <laughs> likes to do that. Exactly. Uh, so let's talk about your business of influencer marketing. Are there influencers right now getting on the metaverse, you know, and kind of using that to propel their their followings? Definitely. I mean, I think right now. Uh, just influencers there there's certain categories of influencer right there there's so many types right like you could have fashion influencers you could have gaming influencers you could have fitness influencers you can have parent like influencers like mommy bloggers and stuff like so there like are so many different verticals within the influencer space as far as like metaverse and nfts right like that's going to be a small sliver um, of the entire like landscape of influencers on mm-hmm. um, that whole spectrum. And it's probably going to be, you know, restricted to like gaming and art. And, you know, like, I think like some of the younger kind of like uh, lifestyle influencers, mm-hmm. like they're starting to push NFTs a lot, but yeah, it is definitely still uh, very much a subset of the influencer space. Okay. So if you have a small business and they're, you know, I'd say they, they don't need to get involved quite yet. It'd be good to know about, but if they want to hook up with, say, an influencer who is part of that space or getting into it, like, are there a few examples of people who are doing it right in terms of influencer marketing? Yeah, I mean, so it's, influencer marketing is becoming like that box that you need to check mm-hmm. as a brand. And if we are talking about like influencer or companies are doing it right with influencers in like that metaverse category, that NFT category. Like I think, I mean, the brands that I mentioned earlier, right? Like the big brands that we know about, like Nike, Adidas, like they're working with influencers. Um, Even like, I mean, what's, what's interesting about like the whole like collectible NFT space is that like when they're working with too many influencers like and they're paying them that's actually that could be like that could be like a bad sign like you kind mm-hmm. of want some of it to be organic right and ideally like you are finding influencers that are like genuinely like what what you are putting out and same goes with brands right like the cream of the crop influencers that you want to work with are like the people with the most followers who are already customers right and then the next best type of influencer that you want to work with are people that might not know about your brand but you think they would like really love your brand. Like they're living a lifestyle that's aligned with your brand. Uh, like you don't necessarily want to just spray and pray and mm-hmm. just find anyone off the street that has over a million followers to work with you because um, that can actually devalue the brand. So we put together programs that, you know, take all of this into consideration. And then, you know, we're scanning the internet. We have like, I mean, I, we have like a database of 45 million influencers mm-hmm. and we have them all broken out into different categories. So, you know, we can programmatically kind of pull lists and then we go through, we have technology to like kind of curate the best people for, you know, the projects that we're working on. Nice. That's 45 million. That's impressive. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's like all the influencers you'd ever want to work with because I mean, if you have like over 10,000 followers on Instagram, like you are in that 1%. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, 99% of the people have less followers. Makes sense. Hey, it's Marky Grass here. And I've got a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your site? Seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully retarget your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? 
It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. So that means that you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. It might sound too good to be true, but trust me, it works. The CEO, Adam Robinson, is brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for digital marketer listeners. If you go through their easy 30-minute onboarding process and haven't 5X your investment within the first six months, they'll give you all of your money back. To take advantage of the offer, go to getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. That's getemails.com slash digitalmarketer. So in terms of B2B though, because, you know, I know we talk about fitness, fashion, you know, kind of those, you know, big audiences that are B2C. Are there influencers that kind of focus on that B2B market and can make an impact? Yeah. I mean, I think in B2B, you want to look at, you know, more professionals, obviously, you know, like, so a C-level people at different companies, LinkedIn is a great place, you know, for B2B marketing, um, and some influencers on like Instagram, I mean, everyone's on Instagram, right? For them, like all different, you know, you know, B2B, B2C. So you just have to be more, more careful when you're mm-hmm. picking on certain platforms. Like LinkedIn, I, most of the influencers are going to be, you know, B2B friendly. Whereas, yeah, like a platform like Instagram or TikTok, it's going to be a little tougher. Mm-hmm. Your strategy needs to be very fine-tuned in order to make that work. Hey, DM listeners, I've been running my own business since I was 17, and I found that nothing slows down entrepreneurs more than this one pesky question, and that's what do I do next? And left unanswered, you find yourself stuck far below your potential, jumping from one shiny object to the next, perpetually wondering why other businesses are growing and yours is stuck. So that's why Scalable has put together the seven levels of scale framework. We'll give you the shortest path possible to go from a struggling startup to a high profit, high impact, exitable business that'll give you the wealth and freedom you deserve. So stop wondering what to do next and take our free three-minute assessment today at getscalable.com slash DM. That's getscalable.com slash DM. And you can download a free guide to show you what level of scale you're currently at and how you can scale quickly and profitably to the next. Hi, DM listeners. You have a LinkedIn profile, right? But are you actually using it to generate new business? Survey says probably not. I'm Mandy McEwen, your digital marketer podcast co-host, Mod Girl Marketing Founder, and LinkedIn Nerd. Now, if you're like most professionals, you aren't exactly sure how to use LinkedIn to get results. And that's where I come in. I've trained thousands of professionals and enterprise teams on how to maximize LinkedIn. And I've narrowed down the key steps that lead to real results on LinkedIn and put them in a quick checklist that takes less than 30 minutes a day to complete. You can go to modgirl.info slash DM to start using it. Again, that's modgirl.info slash DM. So how much is it like just going back to the B2B, like what, what's a good budget to say, hey, I want to get into influencer marketing. I know I'm B2B. I want to focus on LinkedIn influencers. Do you set a budget based on, hey, we're going to get you these 10 influencers and they're going to promote your brand in this way? Or how's that work? I mean, look, I think, you know, if you have a B2B, you know, kind of like initiative, you have to. I think you have, you have to approach it a little differently, right? It's more of a PR effort because mm-hmm. you don't want to just overtly pay people. You know, ideally you interview them, you know, like podcasts are great or creating a video content of, you know, interviews or doing webinars with the influencers and having them co-host 
things like that. You have to get a little bit more out of the box. And, you know, obviously if someone is like co-hosting or doing like a masterclass, right. And you're sponsoring the masterclass, you're going to pick, you're going to like attract the people that you want to reach. You're going to add credibility by having that influencer associated with it. And yeah. And you're, you're just, you're going to add a ton of value to, to the whole thing. Awesome. So what's the cost though? I mean, do you pay the influencer like a monthly budget or is it based on how many pieces they create or how does that work? So, you know, our programs typically will start around hundred K. Okay. So we, we usually won't do programs for less than that. And then it's all very bespoke, like very custom work that we do. So like, depending on the, like, is it, are you reaching CTOs? Because that's going to be, you know, more highly coveted category and that's mm-hmm. going to cost more. Are you reaching, I don't know, like lawyers? Cause there's a lot more lawyers out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, are you reaching doctors? They, they're very busy and they're very hard to get a hold of. So it really just depends on uh, the segment that you want to focus on because the pricing can like drastically change. And are these campaigns? Is it, you say, cause that, you know, just like any marketing, it's not going to switch it on and you're, you're kicking butt. It's more three, six, 12 months out. Is that how they work? Yeah. I mean, Sometimes like a company will come to us and they're like, we're launching a new product. We need to do a big splash. And it's like over the next two, three months. Right. So that's one way that we can approach it. And then we work with a lot of clients where it's like, all right, we have this monthly spend and we want to generate lots of content with lots of really great creators. Hmm. Um, And that's more of like an always on kind of thing. Okay. So then you get into the content marketing space where you're coming up with the content concepts and the campaigns and all that kind of stuff. Basically. And you know, most of the time, I would say 95% of the time, the influencers are creating the content Mm -hmm. with the B2B play. It tends to, you know, know, go a little lower than that because they need more facilitation. They might not necessarily be known for their like content creation, but they're still like tastemakers like in their space. Okay. Yeah. And you, I'm guessing you coach the influencers too and best practices, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, most of the work we do, like Ideally, they don't need too much coaching. They're just naturals and they, they amass this large following because, you know, they, they make great content, but in the B2B space, you know, if you're working with like CTOs who aren't necessarily like they might be great at their jobs and they might add a crazy amount of credibility to any content that is created with them in it. Mm -hmm. Right. But they might not necessarily be a content creator on a regular basis to where, you know, they might need more handholding. Yes. Yeah. How, how good are you on camera? Right. Exactly. <laughs> like we've done like doctor interviews and stuff and uh, you know, those, try to liven it up. those are a little tougher. Yeah. You got to really, you know, get to, you know, break the ice a little more and get them comfortable. I wish I could just be like, here, have a few shots of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No, that's, uh, that's kind of baked in. Yeah. You know, I think engineers, uh, programmers, right. That, that could be a little bit harder, but you know, well, and that's where the podcasting comes in. Cause I think for most of the time it's the easiest content method, at least that I've used because mm-hmm. I've been doing, I started doing video back in like 2008 or so. So it's been a while that, and then I got into graphics. So I kind of regressed and then now I'm getting back in video. So it's, it's better, but podcasting, podcasting, you turn it on, you show up, we talk for a little bit and it's, it's a good way to go just in that regard. And we'll kind of wrap up with this. Where do you see podcasting living in the metaverse? Is it going to be a studio and you could walk around? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely possible like there could just be people you know you could have a camera set up to where people could walk around in a virtual world and watch us talk you know live could be live or Mm -hmm. it could be a a replay and you could walk around and watch the replay 
right? Like, I don't know if, have you seen Travis Scott did a concert in, yeah. uh, in Fortnite? <laughs> and it's so cool. Like if, if you're on YouTube, just search like Travis Scott Fortnite concert. And he's basically a giant, he's like a giant <laughs> man. And he's like singing while jump, you know, running around this world. And everyone's like a little person, like looking up at Travis Scott. That's like, cool. wow. And yeah, it's really cool. That's neat. Well, and I kind of saw that, you know, because I, I had developed websites for the last six years or so. And I, I was trying to think of like, what's the future of websites when this kind of thing is standardized? And I, I picture that where somebody walks into your store or walks into your company and can look through the rooms and the space and find the information they want more intuitively than here's the nav bar at the top. And right. The nav bar at the bottom. <laughs> and hopefully you click these. Yeah. And I think certain things are going to be you know, it's, you're always going to want to just pick up your phone and do a quick, quick Google search, right? You're not going to necessarily need to put on heads, a headset and yeah. go into the world to find your answer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you want to immerse yourself a little more, you know, or if it's if it's more of like a social thing, like instead of a Zoom call, you know, I could see that picking up. The only thing that I like about Zoom that, you know, a thing in VR right now is that you can see people's faces and their facial expressions. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're in the metaverse, like it's it's an avatar, and they haven't really linked up like, you know, the yeah, you need like a camera expression. on the face to to trans, you know, to go into the avatar. Yeah. Uh, like it's a little uncanny valley when you, yeah. you get into that. where It's like, ah, it's sort of it's delayed motion face. I mean, yeah. Right. So you need to figure that out. Yeah. Well, I think that's where the AI comes in. If, if you have a program that predicts what your face is doing mm -hmm. and can translate it into that without, you know, 10 billion lines of code, then that would be helpful. Right. But again, it's, it's a tech suite <laughs> that you'd need to execute. So. Totally. I mean, and with meta, um, investing like $10 billion in their stuff and Activision being acquired by Microsoft. Oh, I didn't hear. About that. I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna get there faster than we think. I don't know how I feel about like meta, you know, trying to like, I don't know, like it, they're kind of like, uh, yeah, uh, what's the word? They're like hijacking, like yeah. the whole like metaverse thing. Yeah, a little uh, a dictating. Yeah, a dictator. <laughs> and a lot of people are like, I don't know if I'm gonna want to go into that world. Yeah, like, I think there'll be alternatives. Yeah, you know, I think it's as long as somebody gets it started though, because that right. starts the competition, it starts the race, and then now everybody's trying to make it better, and you know, whoever exactly. wins wins. Let them waste a bunch of money trying to figure this yeah. out, and then everyone else is gonna be like, okay, we'll learn from all their mistakes. And start from there. Yeah. Well, and it's just, I think it'll come down to a classic competition like DVD versus Blu-ray. Blu-ray, yeah. <laughs> that was one. And then CD and cassettes. Mm. And, you know, I think that'll be... Remember Laserdisc? Yeah, Laserdisc. That was a thing for a little bit. <laughs> These giant CDs. <laughs> well, I, I actually, I've been looking recently at the the laser TVs. Oh, it's yeah? It's just like the box that projects up onto a wall. Okay. And those are awesome. Like, they're just enormous. And you don't have a bunch of space taken up. Is that so that's like just a, a better quality like projector? Basically. Yeah. Cool. But it could be basically against the wall, like six inches off the oh. wall and projects it up. And so you don't have a bunch of wasted space everywhere. Got it. So you don't have to like hang a projector. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or have a big box on the wall. Like you don't really that's think cool. about that, but that's it's obtrusive if you, hmm. and, you know, unless you cover it up right. But anyway. Getting off track. Nice. <laughs> I didn't even know that that existed. That's yeah. Cool. Check it out. They actually somebody just came out with like an eight foot one. Wow, it's just awesome. So, Sweet. Probably has to float your wall. Anyway, off track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there you have it. Where can people find out more about your influencer marketing solutions? So my company's website, Markerly, M-A-R-K-E-R-L-Y.com. 
Love that name. Thank you. And yeah, and you can find out about me. Like I have a website. Hello, Justin Klein. And yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll be having a lot more pieces on the future of marketing. You know, as digital marketers, it's kind of our job to be up to date on the latest trends. This is one of those big trends. So if you're not currently looking into it, start now and it'll really impress your clients for the most part because they're going to ask you about it. Anyways, if you want more content like this, uh, keep tuning in. We're coming out with multiple episodes every single week and you're going to hear a bunch of cool stuff from people like Justin pretty soon. Hey, DM listeners, if you're running a Black Friday or Cyber Monday special, listen up, because Digital Marketer just released our Canva holiday promo pack. It includes almost 200 templates that you can use to make the graphics for all your upcoming holiday specials and three unique design themes for each holiday. The promo pack is usually $27, but you can get it today for free. Check the show notes for the link to download, or you can go directly to digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash LP forward slash holiday templates.